0: Just before we hear from our first our next guest on the alongside podcast, a podcast a brief reminder of why we're doing this um, at the heart of this it's about hearing from others who have come alongside um, other people um, as they um, try and get things done um, and achieve what they want to achieve and also in allowing others to come alongside them and you know what were the qualities? What are the qualities of those people who make for good alongside us? Uh, and I guess that we really learn in the in the um, in the stories we hear. Secondly, uh, uh, I just want a big shout out. Thank you to two Alex's, Alex Den, and Alex Baggett, who've helped me with the technical side of the um, getting this podcast um, going. It's quite a lot involved, and I'm really grateful for that and all those who Know technology who can come alongside others who don't. Um, and then very briefly, before we hear from our, our lovely guest, uh, Pastor Pete, he is, um, uh, I mean, I'm a Christian, uh, and as a, a pastor, uh, Pastor Pete, unsurprisingly, in this ep- episode, does include reference to scripture but i believe that there's there are lessons uh, here that go far beyond faith or religion uh, i'm not religious and not interested in in being religious um for people of all faiths um or wherever we stand um uh, who want to help others through a social enterprise and green pastures is a wonderful example of a of a fantastic for me anyway um uh, successful highly successful social enterprise so I hope you enjoy it and look forward to seeing you um, uh, on the other side. Take care.
1: Hello there, welcome.
0: Uh, again, to be alongside a uh, podcast, I'm so delighted to be able to uh, have a conversation today with somebody who I've got to know a little. Uh, in some ways, I, I feel I know a lot, but I, I don't know. I've just read his book, God's Messenger Boy, which gives me a little bit more insight. Um, um, but without any further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Pastor Pete, um, who I know through his social enterprise, which he co founded um green pastures uh, and i've done work with them uh, which has been a privilege um and a joy actually so without any further ado from me um pastor pete may i ask you if you would like to introduce yourself perhaps how someone else might introduce you but however way it doesn't matter um whatever comes to you okay that's fine um hi i'm pastor pete i'm
1: 81 years old I've been a Christian now for 60 years. And let me say, I think one of the verses that has guided me all the way through my life is the scripture that says, he that wins souls is wise. And I think all of my Christian life, I've tried to follow that as a principle of seeing men and women come to know the Lord Jesus. Um, I became a Christian when I was 21 years of age. I had lived a rebellious teenage and early 20s life and uh, Christ found me rather than I found him uh, in a very remarkable way and then called me to the ministry when I had been a Christian for just about four and a half months by me sitting on a riverbank and uh, not knowing there was a book called Jeremiah but feeling God speak to me and say Peter I want you to serve me. I said, I can't serve you, I'm only a child. And then he said, read Jeremiah. I laughed to myself and said, there's no such book called Jeremiah. Then to my surprise, I found there was a book called Jeremiah. And this man had actually said to the Almighty, when the Almighty said, I want you to serve me, Jeremiah. He said, our Lord God, I cannot serve you. I am but a child, which is what I had just said. And me and my uh, youth as a Christian, imagining that God had put his arm round Jeremiah and said, Jeremiah, I want you to write this for the benefit of a man called Peter Cunningham in 3,000 years' time. He will re- reject what I'm asking him to do, but I want you to stump him out by saying, say not I am a child because I will put my word in your mouth. That's why the book that's just been mentioned is called God's Messenger Boy. And that's what I've been for the last 60 years, a messenger boy for Christ. During that time, I've seen lots of people come to Christ. Um, I've opened a youth and holiday camp where we've seen about 20,000 people come to know the Lord Jesus. And lately, we opened 23 years ago, a thing called Green Pastures, which was buying property to house the homeless. We've grown from a 24,000 pound portfolio to a 70 million pound portfolio. And now we are seeing the fulfillment of that scripture which I quoted at the beginning. We see about a thousand people coming to know Jesus every year, which makes me very satisfied with my life at this
0: moment. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Um, There's a lot in that introduction. Um, And the context for for this podcast is uh, the Alongsider. Uh and I, I would suggest you can't win a soul for 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 God and you know, however one conceives God, different people get up different ideas about it if they've got any idea at all. Um, but it's this I love what you said about God putting your arm around you. So that would suggest that God is alongside. Uh, because to put your arm around someone, you've got to be alongside them. It's much more difficult if you're if you're above them or in front of them or or wherever. And um it strikes me that um, this thing about coming alongside, and for me, I, what I'm interested in is, is people's stories about how did people find their place that they wanted to occupy um, in the fullest sense of the word, and then actually what did they do about taking it? And you just described certainly beautifully the, the, the first bit, um, the finding, and to some extent the taking. Um, the 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 thing about... Um, findings do you think it's only a pastor that can um win souls for christ oh no no this is the call of
1: christ on the whole of the church so anybody who comes born again i believe the lord jesus expects them to share their testimony and share their faith with others and seek to win them to himself so at the end of the day It's the responsibility of the whole of the body of Christ to be out there and whether we are winning one soul in our lifetime or a hundred souls in our lifetime or a thousand souls in our lifetime. Jesus talks about those who actually look after ten, a hundred, a thousand and those who run a nation. So at the end of the day, we're all responsible for winning souls for Jesus.
0: Because what it strikes me about this, uh, we, we there's a lot of talk these days about exclusion and inclusion and diversity and things. Um, I always think with diversity, you know, if you look out the window, if you want to see diversity, just look at nature. You know, um, there's sixty-six thousand beetles apparently. Well, so whoever created all of this likes diversity. Uh, there's no doubt. But the other thing, uh, I think the exclusion. Uh, I would suggest that that our systems of education, of finance, e- economy are naturally exclusive and and probably binary. You know, either you, either you've got it or you haven't got it. But it sounds to me like what you're describing uh, this um, is ultimately about ultimate inclusion. You are included in this. <coughs> this life well absolutely the scripture says we
1: are the body of Christ the Mm. body has got to include everything in the body you can't leave bits out and the way Jesus spoke about the eye can't be the hand nor can the mouth be the, 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 the arm or anything like that so at the end of the day every part of the body is important And every part of the body has got to be included. You can't cut the hand off and throw it away. Otherwise, you'd be handless, wouldn't you? So, yes, it is all inclusive. It, It is an inclusive gospel, and it is an inclusive the church. It is inclusive the body. This is what we are. We're all part of the
0: body of Christ. So this thing about finding our place and taking our place is uh, is a real thing, um, and in life it's about that because I believe there. This is only what I believe; nobody else has to believe it, that there is a place for us to take up. And what you described in your story at the beginning was was actually getting some a steer on that. <laughs> uh, you know, the play, uh, what I want you to do is this, um, and and it seems to me that as we take that place, it is fruitful. It does yield um, fruit not just for yourself but also for others but it works because it all works together absolutely and, and so this is about not just inclusivity but it's also about Unity Union oneness of, of allowing everything to work together and if I could go to the the, the place I know n- most uh and the context which is green pastures which you describe, uh, really well um earlier on. So this is a charity that that um that look that has a belief that we can eradicate homelessness um and, and acts on it. But would you would you mind just just sharing a little bit about the story of how you found that place and how you took it? Uh, well initially
1: we were running a night shelter for three months of the year. And then the council came along to us and said, would you help us to get some money off the European Common Market? They were going for $9 million. And the European Common Market has said, you've got to include something in there for homeless people. And the council already knew the work we were doing. And so they asked us and two other small charities to help them put their bid together when it came to relationship to homelessness. Now, they did get £900,000 to help homeless And I had got to know the chief exec by then quite well. And I said, would you like us to help you spend that money as we know where it's needed? And that is with the people that are sleeping under the pier. And at the end of the day, what happened was that uh, uh, the chief exec, who said, well, we know how to spend the money. And at the end of the day, uh, they spent it, but none of it got spent on... The, the people that were sleeping under the pier. So we prayed at seven o'clock in the morning, every morning, read the scripture systematically. And what happened was um, I felt very miffed with the Almighty that we'd spent a lot of time trying to get this money. And the money had been spent elsewhere. So I was moaning at the Almighty. And it was so happened that the reading that morning was Luke chapter 10, the story of the Good Samaritan. And I'm a bit dim sometimes i don't understand the scriptures well but this day the scriptures opened up to us and we came to the end of the story where the man had actually taken this man he didn't know from adam that was half dead and put him on his donkey bound up his wound with his own first aid kit sat up all night with him giving enough money to the innkeeper for two weeks he said this if i owe you anything i'll pay you when i come again and so at the end of the day, we were very challenged by the fact of this man put his hand in his own pocket, took total responsibility for to someone he didn't know from Adam. And we felt God said, I didn't ask you to go and beg it with begging bowl to the local authority. Aren't I the God of all the earth? Can't I supply the need? We said, yes, Lord. What do we do? He said, well, put your hand in your own pocket like this man did. So three of us clubbed together, got 25,000 pounds. Purchased the property and
0: housed three people. That's how we began. Wow. Wow. And and you mentioned in the book that you started life um as a stockbroker. Well, as a as a as a runner and as in the as a blue uh is it a red button? Um blue button. Blue a button. Blue button, yeah. <laughs> yes. And um so you and you I remember you in the book again, you said you've always found mathematics quite easy. Yes, I have. Yes, that's why I got the job, because they, they could see I was quite good with maths. Because you had to fix the price and get the price and do the shares and all the rest of it. And this is all pre-digital um, stuff.
1: Absolutely. You had jobbers and brokers. The jobbers h- held positions in stocks. So you could have a jobber that was selling um, uh, government stocks. You could have a, gov- uh, a, a, a jobber that was selling oil shares. You could have... a a jobber that was selling uh, shares in uh, supermarkets and things like that and as a broker you dealt on behalf of the client who would say i'd like to buy a thousand pounds worth of shell oil and you would go around the jobbers that were doing shell oil and get the prices and come back and say well you can buy them for this amount of money that will mean you can buy 300 shares." and so that's what i was responsible for doing and then of course the dealer would go and make the deal
0: with the jobber right. yeah. just as an aside when i started work in the 70s uh with hsbc uh in the city um there were guys walking around with top hats who were stock jobbers you that's know, right do you remember the top, uh, they, so, that's
1: right they had top hats yeah, yeah.
0: and then of yeah. course big bang that all that all disappeared it's called progress Um but uh but it's really, but I suppose the reason I mentioned that was because um when you found your place and you took your place, it 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 seems to me that that what actually happens when we find that place that's that's prepared for us. Um and this isn't about predestination, it's just about I think it's about listening and obedience, you know, and using one's wisdom. Uh, and for for us, I think you and I, you know, it's about listening to what the Lord is saying, actually. But but it but it's it's that union or that oneness from which wisdom, uh, discernment arises. And uh, but the thing that strikes me is about how equipped we are for the place that we've been asked to take up. So for you, you 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 had this facility, this capability with numbers. Um, And that must have put you in good stead to keep um, Green Pastures on track for how many years now has it been going now?
1: It's 23 years now, but of course I'm not in charge any longer. We have now a chief exec, who's my son, who who is much more capable than I am.
0: (laughs) Well, I I think in some things. But but I know Andrew very well, isn't he? He's He's a wonderful guy. And he indeed is now passing a lot over as well, isn't he? He's taking a different place. Uh, yes, looking forward. But I just wondered how that 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 your ability with numbers has helped you keep green pastures with others um, on track. Um Philip, I'm not
1: quite sure, really. I, I mean, you, if you have a talent, it, it's just something that's natural to you. You don't sort of analyze what you're doing; you just do it almost habitually. You you know. I, I mean, I, I've always kept up to date with the stock markets, what interest rates are going on, what banks are doing, world affairs, because I believe that's important for us um, in the gospel of Christ as well. We need to be aware of what's going on around about us and that takes in many fields. So at the end of the day I was always looking for uh, the best deals that we could possibly get. We would be hunting around to make sure we had to uh, right broker that was working for us and we did we came across a great guy called tim johnson uh, and he helped us and we would analyze the marketplace and get the best mortgages we possibly could get but that seemed to be just part of nature rather than i could say i could analyze what happened and always keeping your finger on the pulse and making sure that uh, you had enough in reserve so at this moment in time we know we have about between 15 and 20 million pounds worth of assets that are unencumbered. Mm. So we know we've got money in the bank and we know what our asset base is at the moment. So at this moment in time, I think we're buying about between four and five million pounds for the property. So mm. we
0: just keep keep flowing. I don't know if that's a good answer or not. No, I think it is a good, I think it's a really good answer because, I, because what I heard all particularly is being aware of what's going on. Uh, and sometimes we're sort of slightly blindsided because we're so busy with what we're doing. We don't see what's coming or whatever, and we make poor decisions. But I would I wonder whether the part of the role of the alongsider um is is to be eyes and ears. You know, have you noticed this or whatever? And I just wondered if you've had any experience of that, things that maybe you weren't aware of. I mean, for example, you just said about what the Lord said to you, um, about, uh, you know, about the funding, and the assumption was that we had to go to the EU for the money. And he said, "Well, what about go somewhere else?" Which was actually yourself. I mean, it's it's finding it within something you've already got, and allowing him to do something with it. Um, it seems to me that that is the parable of the um, the, you know, the five loaves and the two fishes. I think, yeah, I think, you know,
1: you've you've read the book, you you will find that often I have, not not every day God speaks to me, but I I have often experienced where God has directed me. Mm -hmm. And I think without God directing me, we would not be where we are at the moment. If we go back to the fact of the children's holiday camp and youth holiday camp, which we built ourselves It was God directing me into that, and that ministry is still going today. So we still are looking after people. In fact, it's beginning to flourish again, because a lot of churches sort of moved away from children and youth work, and they appear to be moving back to it. It's like you're saying, we seem to be going back to this. So at the end of the day, that's been very important, but also... People have been important that have come alongside me and helped me at different times. I would say the most influential in my life has been my brother, Paul, who in my teenage years never ceased to say, you need to come to Jesus, which I hated. I hated him for saying it, but I'm really glad he kept going. And I've I, I just had a, a, a wonderful time with him in his home just recently and Uh, We're like two peas in a pod. He's been super. I would say Andrew is alongside me now. And he's a great asset, a great thinker. And uh, together we we guide this ship. We don't do it independently. So I've always believed that it's important you have others alongside you. You cannot do anything by yourself. We are the body. You've got to have people functioning with you, Philip. Yeah. If you don't have them, then all you do is you become a one man band and you become insular in your vision. It, it, it doesn't give you the ability to think out of the box or okay. over the wall. I yeah. like the scripture says, the tree has run over the wall. That's what we want to be wow. people who run over the wall with our
0: prosperity in God and share it with others. Oh, I love that. Actually, that's a really lovely time. I just to p- pick up on one of the little threads that I, I like to include in this conversation is the Enneagram um, because um, I, I know we've done it with you and we've done it with green pastures. So just for anybody who's not uh, with us for the first time hasn't heard of it. Enneagram is at least 3000 years observation of people. It seems there's nine different um motivations for using our energy and so none of them are right or wrong they're just different and that probably is akin to personality you know your your brother is different to you um you know my sister i have a twin sister she's different to me although somebody met the other my sister for the first time the other day and said gosh you look like your brother um, <laughs> and i often find people say to me oh you're a twin are you, are you identical are you identical well i've got a twin sister so but <laughs> doesn't necessarily go through the head but the, um, the person I met uh, first uh, who introduced me to Green Pastors was Simon Westmacott, who is um, your um, uh, financial director. And he's on the board and he's been with you a long time. And I've got to know, he yeah. lives in Kent where I live as well. So we've become good friends. Um, we, we, we share a local house of prayer together. Uh, and it was a training day for that that I met Simon. That Then I was introduced to Andrew and then I met you. So this sort of, I love the way the Lord does this, or life does this, however you want to call it, but the Lord is life, so it's the same thing, Um, and it's love. Um, And Simon is a one. So one is a strict perfectionist. Well, if you want somebody who's going to really help you with your uh, compliance, um, with governance and money, well, you want somebody who's strictly going to do the right thing, and that's Simon uh you if you if you know and uh, there's obviously a lot more to that the other one um uh and you, is a seven which is the enthusiastic visionary and often the seven are the entrepreneurs they're the people who can see the tree running over the wall you know before anybody else can see it or the potential for the tree to run over the wall um and of course that lands in the sea you know that's the mountain etc so it's about poss- things everybody else is saying is impossible uh, other and then that's you. I uh, I believe uh, you you because not you couldn't possibly do green pastures what everybody else does because it just wouldn't work. So you're doing something new, um, but of course the, all of these are connected. They're one body, as you say, uh, and and I think the big revelation of any enneagram is what else we have access to, and as we have someone alongside us who may be very different from us. Uh, maybe the strict perfectionists you know whatever um that conversation will open up awareness of what matters have you thought about this you know da, da, da. and i think this is the divine collaboration of the body actually um under the oneness of the Almighty, you know. Um, I think we almost need new words, actually. The the problem with the word God is that it comes from Zeus, which is sort of the mountain of the gods who are throwing thunderbolts and is angry and stuff. Nothing could be further from the truth. Um, Actually, the the God we know is the one who puts their arm around you. And that's an amazing thing. So it's the good Samaritan. But just coming back to to this idea of of enthusiastic visionary, um, do you see that you are a different thinker? You are a different, um, probably very annoying to people, actually, who think it should be done like this. And and you're saying, well, actually, I think it could be done like this. Um, And because it's aligned with what you've been called to.
1: Yes, I suppose you would say that of me. I don't feel like that because I feel like me, <laughs> which which perhaps sounds a little bit funny because we are all like ourselves. And the, the fact is, like I said, the motivation that seems to be behind it is I want to see as many people come to know the Lord Jesus as I possibly can during my lifetime. Mm. And uh, I, I suppose... To, to me, dreams are thinking big, we want to end homelessness. But vision to me is uh, like being on one side of a valley and looking across and, and seeing a tree over there. And I'm saying, actually, we could reach that tree, whereas a lot of people actually standing on this side of the valley, don't say we could reach that tree. They say, oh, there's difficulties, it's yeah. problems, it's fraught with danger and things like that. Whereas the visionary says, no, we can get there. There's no problem with that. Let's get going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if they are allowed to lead in that way and have a good team around them, like you say, the Enneagram was so helpful to us as a company going through that and recognising the different talents that we had amongst us and interacting with those talents and realizing these talents represented a team as part of the body of Christ, that if we functioned all to our full capacity and
0: worked as a team, we would get a lot further forward. So they were very helpful to us. I love that. I love the way you separated dreams from vision Uh, because you can see that tree. Uh, you can uh, dreams are seen in different ways um and it strikes me that uh, because a lot of uh, there's a lot of podcasts around leadership and uh and and actually um I, I believe that what we are called to is to follow and and it's following the the place that we're asked to, to take up. Um, and that might be inspired by a vision and I and I get that value and I think people do need encouragement through doubts so a six for example right next to the seven is the law skeptic these 52 percent of the world are apparently uh, law skeptics so they are fearful of everything that might go wrong my wife is a six but when the pandemic hit she was the one who stood up we had all the family around and everybody was doing headless chicken what do we do what do we do and she said shut up This is what we're going to do. You're going to go home and pack a bag for a month and come back. You're going to do this. So they stood up through the fear and uh, courage. And courage is something of the heart. Uh, And I think that's what we need to be alongside. There is about helping people find courage, Uh, which is the thing that really sets their heart on fire. And I can't help feeling that at the moment what's, what's happening is And what really matters, what really we care about, what I'm going to say, what God cares about is the least, the lost and the broken, you know, (laughs) those who haven't, the excluded, the poor. Um, And, of course, the system economica is a ruthless beast that will exclude those who haven't. And this is what we based our society on, you know, when the pandemic hit, what was the government most concerned about? The economy. Well, they weren't just worried about that, obviously, but but there was a lot more going on. But the thing um, that I have, I suppose, has touched my heart the most, apart from me working with everybody within Green Pastures, was going up to Derby and what Green Pastures have there. I just wondered if you could just tell us a bit about, about how Derby came into place and, 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 what, and how it is, for, you know, what part does it play within the whole of Green Pastures?
1: Well, Derby really is more like a rehab centre too. It's, it's the only specialist rehab centre we have. And a man called Darryl, who was working for a partner that we were... Darren. Sorry? Darren. Darren. Yeah, uh, who, who was working with a partner uh, we had um, decided he would join us. And he came across this centre that was empty and virtually derelict and only been built about 20 years earlier and said, couldn't we buy this for green pastures and open it up? Mm-hmm. And we felt we felt the Lord say, yes, go for it. And so we bought it in faith and, and tidied it all up and got it going. And, of course, it's now become this wonderful rehab centre and Darren filled it with staff um, that actually had been um, let's say, tenants of ours previously that had come to Christ, their lives have been radically changed and understood the people that we were t- taking in much better than anybody else because they'd been in that position, Don't which you. was absolutely fabulous. So we could house 28 people, but because of the, the attitude of the staff, we had often, as we do today, have about 26 out of 28 who have actually come to faith themselves. Yeah. And, and it's been quite wonderful to see some of those people go on. They have opened um, a, 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 a social um, opportunity there where they clean cars and, and do things like that, which is is running. And uh, some of them have gone on. We've bought a, an old Bible college now to do training, to do MVQs level three, level four. So the whole thing has has gelled and become an integral part of green pastures. And it's a model we would like to develop. So over the next 10 or 20 years, we'd like to see maybe 20 of these operations going on because it breaches the most derelict of our
0: society and brings about change yeah so that's brilliant by the way just as an aside uh we're talking about alongside and that was vicky whose voice you just heard who's alongside pete and has been for many many years to uh, just clarify the name of the person who founded uh and we all need a vicky uh thank you vicky for that uh really appreciate that um and just to clarify what pete was just saying there i mean at the core of and you'll correct me if this isn't quite right um pastor pete, but at the core of what you do is you come alongside people who are homeless. Uh, I was in uh, Southport uh, with the team there. And um, and I asked, I was just talking to the team, just sitting with them um, who were operating that, um, which is the the development of the night shelter, which, you know, you described earlier. And I said, what's the most challenging thing about um, being here? And, and And they said the most challenging thing is when you come across somebody who needs help to help them take it Uh, to in other words will they take your hand to to help them they're on the floor probably and it's about lifting them up but the desired outcome is that they will be enabled to i mean this is probably naughty to say this but to pay the rent Uh, in other words they are equipped to find work to uh, get themselves together get into a house have their own keys to their own front door again their own self-respect and what I've seen at Derby, because uh, I've worked there, um, and um, Darren went on to to set up the new the, the what was the Bible College Mattasee now, and what's extraordinary is that some of these people have come uh, uh, from wherever they've come from to be um, equipped to be able to look after themselves, self respect, etc. Some of these are becoming are going through this training program to help other people do the same thing because there's no one um uh, better to have the right heart of compassion to help the other if you've been through it yourself. and um, I think there's uh, 2 Corinthians 1 is a wonderful example of uh, of that I think which is about suffering. If you've suffered, you the gift of that suffering is that you can help someone else who's suffering. And I, again this is at the heart of the it. I think. Um But seeing it in action at Derby, it's quite messy sometimes. It's not all squeaky clean and everything else. But the story I heard, which was wonderful, was that that place that was run by the local council um, was uh, was a den for drug addicts and all sorts of behaviour that wasn't good for the neighbourhood. And one of the um, people who work at uh, Derby now uh, were talking to one of the neighbours and saying, Uh, have you noticed anything different and they said yeah it's just amazing there aren't any people who they're doing things in the night which are whatever you know um so there's not just a, a if i can call it this way a cleansing of the soul and the heart and the mind and the body and and the equipping it's also about the environment there is an impact on communities and i think that's what i've noticed about this whole thing and um you Green has adopted OKRs, objectives and key re- key results as a way of taking the 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 place. That's the plan, the executive plan, strategic plan to execute in order to get to the next hill. But one of your big uh, objectives is to help the nation be more compassionate, and I just thought that's the most stunning um, um, uh, ambition. Because to my mind, the United Kingdom uh, has a heart of gold, and I mean the, uh, the I mean the United Kingdom with all its foibles and history and all the rest of it. The pen, the potential to influence other nations through our heart, with um, the heart of God, the heart of Jesus at the centre, is immense. Uh, and I think what you're doing is. It's in action, it's seeing it, because people need to see to believe. Or well, a lot of people need to see to believe. Um, some don't, but as we know, but but a lot of a lot of us do. And what you're doing uh with this ambition, and I think that uh, your ambition will be seen, this multiplication from the one to the twenty. Um and I just I just wondered, um maybe you won't be there to see it all. Um, well, in the way we know seeing um but how does that how is that for you to know that there's more to be done and that you're 81 and that maybe i mean let's be honest you've got another 20 years at least peter you know uh pete um so there's plenty of time for you to come and cause trouble you know trouble the waters i just wondered how that is for you well, of course, we continue
1: to grow. I mean, at the end of the day, we know 23 years ago, we were housing three people. Now, because of the way we have spread ourselves and we have 130 partners and we have 96 of them have property, some of the others have property in the pipeline and soon will have property. So at the end of the day, we have grown to house somewhere around five or 6,000 people. So... I'm expecting over the next 10 years, we'll be housing perhaps 20,000 people. And I hope I live that long to see that. I feel healthy enough to do that. But at the end of the day, we need another 100 green pastures, really, because there are a million people that need housing. Mm -hmm. One of the things that troubles me at the moment is the fact that there's over 100,000 families with let's say, four people in each family that are in temporary accommodation. That means they're living in one room, sharing a bathroom, toilet and kitchen, which is appalling. Mm. Uh, So you've got over 400, nearly 500,000 people there. And then they separate refugees, and there are 50,000 refugee families in a similar position. So you've got nearly 700,000 people that really do need a house to live in, a home to live in, a garden for their kids to play, a regular school for them to go to. All those things are there and are capable of doing those things if we can actually find others that will join with us so it's motivating the body of christ to say come on let's get on and do the job that jesus called us to over 300 times in the scriptures he said the responsibility of his church is to look after the poor that's more than redemption or salvation which are mentioned in their low figures 20 or 30 times in the scriptures 300 times the heart of God says to the church of Christ, the body of Christ, look after the poor. If we take up the scriptures and be obedient to them, then possibly we would see our nation change
0: and Christ become the head. Yeah, I love that. And, the, um, and of course, what I've noticed is that uh, often we're saying as human beings, we're saying the same thing in different languages in different ways. Uh, this thing about heart and compassion is about being human it is being who we are we are you know we are a reflection of the heart I believe the heart of the creator um, um, God these things this language can be uh, obstacles you know um, for some people to because it creates exclusion or you know whatever and there's all sorts of reasons why we could suggest that's going on But I would suggest to you that that when you hear a story of somebody who was telling them where they were, which was on the floor, and then you can tell the story of how they are now able to help other people um, through an understanding and compassion of that, that is a transformed life. Um, And it's an enabled life, and it's actually why we're here. But we've been hoodwinked to think that it's all about money, success, fame, celebrity and all the rest of it and that is a deception but when we have a chance of of being able to to be who we really are um, and make a difference and I believe that at the heart of that is a big part of that is finding your place and taking your place. And Pastor Pete, we could, I know, talk all all day about uh, you and your stories and stuff. Um, I hope that people have got a sense of um, the joy that uh, you have in your heart for what you do and that the ambition isn't, you know, in any way, you know, spent. Um, There's still huge ambition at 81 um for more and I, I believe that's something that's really important for us because we're living longer um and we need i believe that in this third part of life um to find find our place take our place to be part of bring the whole thing together because we're not here just for you know having jollies um it, it just isn't and it's not fulfilling but we've been deceived in this i think so what you're doing is actually showing away um and you know where it's come from at the end of the day it's about what is um and then and then maybe ultimately being grateful for having someone alongside us to point us to what really matters um that will make our hearts come on fire um and i believe that's what you're doing i think you are an inspiration and i thank you for that i thank you for sharing a little bit of this i do um um you know this hope that this this Wonderful book, God's Messenger Boy, will also light more fires with people. Uh, And I look forward to continuing to be alongside um, Green Pastors in in any way I can help. Thank you very much. And thank you, people. Well, you know we love you, Philip. Well.
1: (laughs) We love you being with us. (laughs) And you can buy the book on Amazon, so you just go to Amazon and look for it. And we've got a fabulous chief exec now in Andrew who's taken over from me. And if you want to contact us, Green Pastures, then just look on the website. Brilliant. Is you, do you want to add anything else, Pete? No, no. I think that's absolutely fabulous. And it's been great to talk to you. You know that, Philip. Love you lots.